Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Locker Room. If you're listening to this right now, as of the time of this recording, you are already in Locker Room. But if you haven't, if you're not listening right now, go ahead, download the iOS app. It is free on your mobile device. Download Locker Room so we can chat. Is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Friday, April 9th, 2021. Thank you very much for tuning in today. I am trying something new. I always record my podcast the night before, but I'm actually doing it live. I am currently live in the locker room. If you want to jump on and join and ask questions, if I get enough questions, then this entire podcast will just be a locker room pod. Give me one second to tweet it out from the Lockdown Tigers account. If you have any questions, you want to ask me about the Tigers, go ahead and request to speak uh, and then ask uh, whatever questions you desire. If you're not interested in talking baseball today, that's fine. You can ask me some about my personal life. No guarantee I'm going to give you a complete answer, but you are welcome to jump on and ask whatever you want. The ball is in your court. Uh, I guess I'll just jump ahead before anybody uh, requests to speak and say that yesterday, or if you're listening to this on Friday, then yesterday had one of the strangest endings that we've seen to a baseball game uh, in a minute with the New York Mets and uh, Miami Marlins having a very strange conclusion, Michael Conforto hit by pitch in the ninth inning, leaned into it completely. Ron Culpa behind home plate uh, admitted to making a mistake. He should have called strike three, which it was. I'm fine with instant replay in baseball. I have absolutely no problem with it. I'm glad it's there. We've seen, like the other day, for instance, even though it didn't benefit the Tigers, uh, you saw a, a play where Nelson Cruz was called out on a ground ball to second. That would have changed the in, or uh, that would have changed the entire game. The, the Tigers probably would have ended up winning that baseball game, but you review it, you get the call right. I understand there's human error in the game sometimes, but if you're going to have instant replay, uh, it needs to be all encompassing. You need to be able to review everything. It's the same way in college basketball, how like a guy can fire up a shot that goes in two seconds after the shot clock expires, but if it's not uh, within the last two minutes of a half, I don't believe you can review it. Why not? These are big moments and big games, and it's it's similar to Armando Galarraga, where the Armando Galarraga situation, his perfect game uh, when Jim Joyce blew that call, was lightning in a bottle, the perfect storm of a call like that. But it's not like that hadn't happened before, not under those circumstances. But I'm sure there was some random call in the fourth inning that ended up changing the 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 outlook of a game. The fact is, as long as we have bad umpires and Ron Culpa, and when I had John Boy on my show, he said Ron Culpa is apparently a very nice guy, but has made a lot of mistakes as an umpire. As long as you're going to have bad umpires, you're going to have human error. And as long as you have human error, eventually 
something like what happened with Michael Conforto today is going to happen in Game 7 of a World Series, and a team is going to be awarded a potentially a game-winning run that they don't deserve. So hopefully they look into the role. Hopefully they figure that out. It would be pretty darn disappointing if uh, if something like that were to happen again. Very strange. Okay, we got Brett. Brett's about to jump in to the locker room right here. Give me one second to let you in. Brent, I believe, from uh, Lockdown. Hey. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good. You know, the Conforto situation reminded me of uh, Craig Biggio. Yeah. Craig Biggio was infamous. You know, he even had a big shoulder pad. He didn't hide the fact that he didn't mind getting a, getting a hit by pitch, and he got on base a lot and scored a lot of runs because of that. And, um, you know, I, I heard people say, well, he jumped in front of the pitch and, he clearly didn't jump, but it looked like he was like, here's my elbow, hit it. Yeah, he leaned in. He leaned in. And, and look, for, I, 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 in the little bit of Mets baseball that I watch, I usually just watch the DeGrom starts, but I follow a fair amount of Mets fans. I know Conforto had been really struggling. Um, this is a guy who I believe is in a contract year, so he wants to perform. And look, I'm not mad, I'm not mad at him. You got to do what you got to do. What it reminds me of uh, in another situation where I feel like the ump should have taken control was uh, – God, was it Jose Tabata, I believe his name was, in 2015 when Scherzer was throwing his perfect game against the Pirates? Yes. Absolutely rolling. Gets ahead in the count. I believe it was either 0-2 or 1-2. Throws a slider that missed in the upper part of the zone, but you could tell he leaned into it and uh, ended up costing Max, um, you know, he was an error and a hit-by-pitch away from throwing two consecutive perfect games. So if there's anyone, if there's anyone wondering how dominant Max Scherzer was in his prime, look no farther than that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's disappointing. Um, there is also, there's no guarantee that the Marlins would have pitched out of it. There still would have been two outs. The bases were loaded, but it's, it's very frustrating that something like that is like continues to go on. Cause it's, it let off MLB tonight. They were talking about it and it, it remind it makes me think like there are, have been those moments in baseball that have gone overlooked because maybe a team outperformed a bad call. And I think a prime example is now, now that I'm talking to you, I'll bring it up. Remember game six of the 2019 World Series when Trey Turner uh, was called out for, uh, what was it, running and, you know, being out of the base path, essentially? Yes. And um, yes. now that was a little bit different because from what I remember, I could be wrong, within the, the boundaries of the law that was, or within the, the context of the rule that was a correct call, but basically everyone afterwards was like, yeah, but it's a dumb rule. Um, now, I, I believe, I believe right. at the time, uh, because Mark DeRosa did a whole thing about it on MLB Network where it's like, it is, as a runner, it is not advantageous to you to do a sidestep to avoid getting out of the, the, the pathway of the ball that's coming towards the first baseman. Now, no one remembers that because uh, Rendon went deep, I believe the next at-bat or maybe two at-bats later, and we, obviously we know what happened several nights after that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird situation. It's early in the season, but thankfully, you know, it's hopefully it doesn't become something that, that ends up impacting both these teams and in, in a pennant chase, but uh, very, very strange circumstances for sure. So here's my question. Now I know we're probably not like on the cusp of maybe the next year or two, but in the future, when they have these robo umpires, I know they're, they uh, tested it um, actually in Sugarland just down the road from me, which is the new triple uh, a, team for the Houston Astros now when they were in the independent league last year they're one of the teams who, who were the who were the first ones to test the robo ups what I'm wondering is if they do enlist a system like that will that system automatically call it a strike and will something like that just be mm. called a strike before the umpire even sees or realizes that he was hit by pitch 
And if that happens, does that negate any calls? That's they're just we. I think baseball baseball has some interesting um, anomalies that are going to come yeah. about as they continue to try to advance the game. And of course, you and I, I think, agree on this that they focus on all the wrong areas to make the game better. Um, you know, almost at nauseum. But I was wondering that. I was like, so if a robo up had that as a strike, and you know, you got a buzz or whatever the system was, does he just go with the strike and forget to hit by pitch? I mean, that would have changed the thing, you know, as well. There's so much more to umpiring than just calling balls and strikes. And, and I think with the idea of setting up a, an automated strike zone, which I'm like, I really go back and forth with it. I completely understand the passion that people have in regards to not wanting to have it. But I also understand that there are I mean, you guys had Angel Hernandez in your game the other day, and people were going were going crazy about it. Where you know he would miss like some, you know, he was in like the high the mid eighties in terms of his his uh, success rate calling strikes. Like you can't have that. I mean, that's that's like a uh, an NBA ref calling travel like every third or fourth possession. It's it's just ridiculous. But yeah, there are those kinks that are going to need to be worked out. I don't know. I don't know how smart these things are going to be. I don't know if they're going to have the capability of being able to recognize, hey, that guy got hit by a pitch, but it was a pitch in the zone. I would guess that it, they will be set up in a way that every time a ball crosses home plate, they're they're able to, to call a strike or a ball no matter what. So I guess probably, I would guess in this instance, like what, with, what happened with Michael Conforto today, uh, they would probably have the capability, the ability to call uh, a strike on that from what, from the little bit I know about the system that they've set up. I know Eric Burns did a, did a little piece on, on MLB network where he talked about how smart these things were. I don't believe that a robo ump or an automated strike zone will have the capability unless you have, uh, you do something, you put something on the players, some device on the players. I don't believe you have the capability of spotting when a player is hit by pitch in those instances, there are still going to be needs for umpires. And that's the the one argument I, I get into with people is, People say you can't, you know, you're taking the human element out of the game. That's a fair argument. I like, I'm, I'm willing to listen to that argument, but umpires, even with an automated strike zone, aren't going to go anywhere. You still need people on the foul lines. You still need people to, to, you know, break down the rules of the game as the game goes on. But in terms of a situation like that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of kinks that need to be, be worked out. I'm, I'm under the belief and, and Brett, Brett just left, but thank you for jumping on. If anybody else has uh, any questions or comments, you are welcome uh, to ask here on uh, this live version of Locked on Tigers. But no, I mean, it's 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 an interesting point for sure. There's a lot that they need to work out uh, regarding that. I'm I'm under the belief that I think three years ago, I said that within the next five to 10 years, we would have an automated strike zone in Major League Baseball. Uh, I still believe that. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Tigers, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Mark, Mark Musgrave. He's constantly on uh, um, my, uh, my feed for Locked On Tigers. I appreciate the support. Mark, how you doing, man? Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going well, man. Thanks for jumping on. Um, I was just wondering, um, I know you see us at like a 70 win team at best. Yeah. Um, but do you see Jose Urania as a long-term solution? Like, I know it's not the greatest question, but I just see him as like one of the most, like the highly, sorry, highest regarded, like p- per player that could be traded for prospects. Um, like, cause I know that's what you t- bring up a lot about on the yeah. pod is who could be traded for prospects. I um I don't th- I don't see it with Urania because and I talked about this a few days ago where I just don't think his ceiling is very high. Like I think Tehran is the more likely candidate because Tehran at his best was an all star caliber pitcher in Atlanta for a few years there. Uh, Jose Urania came into uh, his game on uh, when, when was it I believe Monday or Tuesday with a, a career e- ERA of four sixty. So even if he he you know goes back to the mean, even if he goes back to where he was in his quote-unquote prime days in uh, Miami, I don't see him really getting it back. He could, look, if he pitches good baseball, anyone's up for grabs. One-year rentals, especially starting pitching, is really uh, is really intriguing for a lot of teams at deadlines because most teams, most playoff caliber teams, have good lineups. They have guys top to bottom that you know can hit for power, get on base, Maybe there's a hole every so often, but for the most part, the lineups are good. Not every team has four or five good starting pitchers. They just don't. Adding depth to your rotation is key, especially at the deadline. And with a one-year deal, you don't have to trade away a bunch to get much back. We've been proven, and we've seen with with who the Tigers have traded away over the last several years. You don't you don't really get that much for a half a year rental. The two guys at this deadline, assuming they perform relative to how they've performed over the last calendar year. The two guys at this deadline from Detroit that are going to be the hottest commodities are Spencer Turnbull and Jamer Candelaria. Now, those are going to be two tough sells for the fan base, especially Jamer, because Jamer, when he was acquired, and it was four years ago, but God, it feels like so much longer. When he was acquired four years ago, he was given the keys to the car, and the organization flat out said He's the third baseman of the future here. When we get good, we want him to be the guy. And four years later, he's potentially going to be on the trading block. If you're a fan, just a casual fan, even somebody like me, a diehard, that's a tough sell because you get the impression at that point that now you're just constantly rebuilding. Now you're just constantly in this same loop. And four years from now, it's going to be Torkelson who's going to be traded away. And four years after that, it's going to be whoever the next uh, third baseman of the future is going to be. He's going to be traded away. Turnbull is a little bit different. I don't see the fan base getting as up in arms. Again, now if he pitches really well, again, it's going to be a really tough sell. But I think that I could see the fan base being a little bit more receptive to that. One, there's not as much of a personal attachment to Turnbull. He's good. He's got great stuff, but he hasn't had a lot of like big signature moments. Jamer has He's had some moments here. The fan base likes him. The organization likes him. Uh, you could also make the argument that Turnbull, a trade trading Turnbull at the deadline, would help add depth to the farm system, which you need for position players. But you could make the argument the organization already has enough pitching, so the possibility of trading a Boyd or a Turnbull at the deadline uh, is probably more likely than the idea of trading a J- Jamer or a position player. Now, like I think a lot of people are up for grabs. Like, I think Mazzara, if he hits, is up for grabs. Yeah, definitely. So, Scope is definitely up for grabs. Now, Scope is off to a rough start, but he's one of the guys on the team I'm willing to give a little leeway to. The guy's a professional hitter. By mid-season, 
um, they're going to have to make a decision because Matt Manning will be here soon. And I think the Tigers' idea, their goal is by midseason, Matt Manning's going to be starting games until the end of September, and that's going to be his, you know, his window, his first shot at the major leagues. Uh, probably surpassing the rookie limits. I'm not. I'm not completely sure. It. I. It depends on how many innings he pitches. But that means that one of the pitchers will have to be gone, either Tehran or Boyd or Urania or Turnbull, some or some combination of the bunch. And at second base, I think they're going to want Isaac Paredes to start getting reps. Uh, Jamer looks really good at third right now. I don't think the Tigers are going to want to uh, move him away from the position he's at now. If you trade him, then you call it Paredes. You move him to third. Uh, and scope remains at second. So they're going to get a lot of offers. I I think that especially considering how certain guys look so far this season, another guy who might be a little bit less likely, but maybe more intriguing than somebody else, than somebody like uh, uh, a Tehran is Robbie Grossman because Robbie Grossman's on a two-year deal. And as I just mentioned, hashtag Robbie Grossman gets on base. Hashtag Robbie Grossman gets on base. That's right. Because, um, with that two-year deal, you get a little bit more opportunity to maybe get a few more prospects. Like I said, we've seen what happens to like a J.D. Martinez or a Nick Castellanos when they're only traded away for half a year. I could see a team maybe in need of of, of some depth. Uh, but again, I don't. I think the Tigers are a bit gun shy at this point, where they're not going to trade somebody away unless they feel like they can get a substantial haul for them. And the only players who are going to be uh, capable, I think, of getting a solid return back are Jamer and Turnbull, and and it's. That's that's a tough you know place to be in because you don't want to trade guys that at one point you believed were part of your future, but the rebuild's already gone on longer than probably the organization expected it to. So you may have to be forced to make some tough decisions. The only thing that I can't that I have a hard time putting together is who's going to be in the rotation besides my the Trident Mize Manning Scooball. Like, is it going to be a free agent? Is it going to be someone from the organization? And the same thing with catcher because if Jake Rogers isn't going to pan out, then we need to. Find someone else. I know we just drafted a catcher. I don't remember his name. In the, in well, the, Dylan Dingler. Yeah, Dylan, Dylan Dingler from Ohio State. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a tough position. Well, I mean, I think let's let's go under the assumption they don't trade Boyd and Turnbull. Then your rotation's set next year because you got that three-headed monster. Then you got Boyd and and Turnbull. And that's the ceiling for that top five is is pretty high. Like, that's not a bad place to necessarily be. And then uh, as far as catcher, yeah, I mean, look, I was uh, – and you listen to the pod. I, I went off about this a bunch. I was huge on uh, Riamuto. I would have really wanted Riamuto. I think that would have been a, a phenomenal signing. They didn't get him. My guess at this point, because if, if things go well, we're probably talking a 2023 arrival time for Dylan Dingler, meaning that the, I, my guess is the Tigers would probably sign uh, do what they did this year. They probably repeat the process, sign, maybe not w- re-sign Wilson Ramos, but the equivalent of a Wilson Ramos, a serviceable offensive catcher uh, to to last the year with Griner or Rogers backing him up. And then after that, you maybe transition uh, to Dingler if you can. But it's worth noting, a lot of times this stuff doesn't go according to plan. I mean, the plan was by this point, hell, probably by last year at this point, uh, Sands, you know, that the pandemic happening, obviously, but last year, by this point in the season, uh, the expectation was in 2017 that Franklin Perez is going to be pitching to Jake Rogers, who's going to be behind home plate and in center field is going to be Daz Cameron. Well, guess what? None of those guys have panned out. Jake Rogers, they wanted Jake Rogers to make the team out of spring training. Hinch was pushing for it, I think, but the guy didn't perform. So it's it. 
we got a ways to go. A lot of people really like Dylan Dingler. I think he's going to be a solid player as well coming out of Ohio State. Second round pick. I, I There were people who were surprised that he fell to the Tigers in the second round. But given this organization's, I mean, just call it for what it is, lackluster ability to develop uh, position players over the last really few decades, I think the idea of relying on a Dylan Dingler in two years is, I mean, maybe that's a bit of a tall order. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball, it's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On. And what's up, man? Yo, what up, dog? Real quick before I hop off. Where is the kill Badu from? I don't watch baseball, but that's all I see is Badu all over the time. <laughs> all the time. Okay, well. As a casual fan, I'm not even a casual fan. I'm just a, a casual altogether when it right. comes to what's what's going on with the MLB this year. Um, who is he? Where is he from? Did he go to school? Is he from a different country? What What is going on? Is, well, it, it would did he spend some time in the minors? Yeah. Here's the explanation. Draft it, prospect? It's one of the weirdest rules in sports, but I got to explain it. First of all, he's, he is American. He's from Silver Lake or Silver Spring, Maryland. Okay. So there's this rule in baseball. There's this draft in baseball called the Rule 5 draft. What that is, is that every year, if a player is in the minor leagues for an organization for five years or more, they become eligible for the Rule 5 draft. Like a couple years ago, the Tigers took Victor Reyes. Now, here's the thing. If you draft that player, he has to start the year on the major league roster and stay on the roster all year. If he doesn't, if he doesn't perform and you send him back down or he doesn't make the team out of spring training, you send him back to the team that drafted him. So Akil Badu, when he was 16, I believe, was drafted by the Minnesota Twins. And he was in the minor leagues for four or five years, performed really well in spring, and because of that, he made the team. Now, if he, let's say he goes on some really cold streak and he's, he's like over 20, over 30, the Tigers could. Now, I don't think they're going to do this, but could say, you know what? It's not worth it. We're, we're, we're letting you go. And if that happens, then he would go back to the twins. It's a weird rule that's in place mainly to protect minor leaguers. And it's a rule that's in place mainly for teams that aren't competing. Cause like the Tigers, when they were really good, participated in the rule five draft, but what was the point? You had a, a lineup with Miggy and Prince and, and Victor Martinez, Austin Jackson, Torrey Hunter, all these guys in the primes of their career. So it didn't like there was no point in really using the Rule 5 draft, but they've done it several times now during this rebuild. The first one was Victor Reyes, who is still on the team. Uh, the second one was a pitcher named Reed Garrett, who ended up going back to the Rangers and I believe is pitching in Japan right now. The other one, last year's, was Ronnie Garcia, who may, played for the team all year. 
and is now going to be in the minor leagues as a right-handed starter. And now they got Badu. It's a crazy story because it's like he was in high A ball. So it's basically the equivalent of a guy going from like a middle of the road high school basketball team in Maryland to playing significant minutes in the NBA. Like it's, it's kind of defies all logic and 90% of rule five picks don't amount to anything. 90% of rule five, because they've been in the minors for five years and there's usually a reason for that, but every so often you get one that hits. And right now, who knows how long it'll last, but right now it's so far it's been a hit. That's wild. I had no clue that the rule five thing even exists. It's strange. Um, I mean, I'll be, I'll be real with you. Until like when the Tigers were good, I didn't know. It wasn't until several years ago when they started this rebuild. It's just the idea is like if you can find some diamond in the rough and like develop him as a piece of your organization, uh, all of a sudden like your, your rebuild is kind of accelerated. And it's, there's been good players who have been rule five picks. Shane Victorino, who was with the Phillies for a long time, won a World Series with the Red Sox as well. Was one of the better players when they won the uh, when the Phillies won it all in a way. He was a Rule Five pick. I think Johan Santana, two time Cy Young winner, was a Rule Five pick. But those were usually the exceptions and not the rule. But yeah, it's a strange thing that's there, and uh, so far it's been a, a nice story. It's nice to have something to cheer for. Now the Tigers have had a decent start, right? They're Do three you and three. I mean, that a lot to hinch. Uh, the brand of baseball they play is a lot smarter than it was. Um, over the last several years, I guess I think the pitching will be better. And that's what I said at the beginning of the year. I'm like, I, I think this lineup is, it's pretty bad. Like it's borders on being laughably bad. I mean, for you got maybe two or three guys who are solid major league hitters after that, it's a lot of question marks, but I think they will be a more competitive team and will be competing in most of their, in a lot of their games, because I think the ceiling for the starting rotation is pretty high. I think Scooball is pretty good. I think Mize is going to be good. Tehran's pitched well. Boyd's pitched well. It's very early on. I think the deeper this thing goes, the more those guys are going to wear out. But uh, it's been a nice little start. Sweet, man. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, appreciate you jumping on, bud. Appreciate it. So uh, that will do it for Locked on Tigers today. Thank you to everyone who jumped on and asked questions. This was great. This was really a lot of fun. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0. One four. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written positive five star review of this program. It would be much, much appreciated. And uh, that's it. That's our shows right for this week. So I'll be right back here on Monday to recap the series that was against the Tribe. Thank you very much for listening and supporting everybody. Have a great weekend and go Tigers.